Hello and welcome back to the McGill International Review. Today's episode will be a bit different from many of the episodes I've done previously. By now you're probably familiar with many of the wide-reaching ramifications of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Today I want to make that war feel a little bit more personal to all of you. Before the Russia-Ukraine war began, I met a Ukrainian citizen on Discord who shared his worries and fears with the people on that server. He lives in Kyiv, the capital of Ukraine. He used to be a normal kid, with all the hopes and dreams that many of the rest of us have. For this episode, I've invited him onto the podcast to discuss how Russia's invasion has impacted him. Hope you enjoy. Um, all right, so shall we begin? Yeah. All right. So, Danielo, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, tell me a bit about yourself. Would you mind, like, I, I think I know some of this, but would you mind explaining why you're in Ukraine in the first place? Well, I was born in Ukraine, and uh, at the age of around 10, that's back in 2013, I moved uh, to the United States, uh, well, because my mother and I were studying. I finished the... Uh, I finished high school in the U.S., and I found out that my parents left all of my documents in Ukraine and that they have expired. Because of that, I had to organize my family, talk with them, and after not getting any kind of, uh, well, good solution to getting my documents, including my birth certificate in the United States, we decided that instead I'm going to go back to Ukraine and I'm going to proceed with the normal procedure of getting all my documents together and registering myself as a Ukrainian citizen. Okay. So I left and began to do that. And of course, and also another thing, uh, prices of colleges in the U.S. are way too expensive, especially <laughs> for us immigrants. Yeah, $60,000 a year at the very least is what we have to pay. And while scholarships are a thing, they are not the biggest for us immigrants. Obviously, U.S. citizens get the preference on that. So another plan was for me to study in Ukraine since, yeah, I would have to study up in my Ukrainian. And yes, I would have to work a little harder because it's a different school system. However... The cost is only $2,000 a year maximum. So with that kind of price, you really can't complain. And well, I moved uh, for a month. I worked on getting all my documents together. It took an entire month, but I finally got them. I was preparing to study. I was preparing for the exam. I was studying with a tutor. I finally met some people who I could uh, hopefully become friends with. And then, 10 days ago now, war began. And all of my dreams, all of my plans, everything went down the drain. Yeah. Um, but tell me more about uh, your plans. Like, for example, what were you 
what were you hoping to major in? What were you hoping to do for a living? Oh, well, I've been always interested in computer science, especially since middle school. I, I've loved computers as long as I've used them. And uh, one of my teachers pushed me and showed me programming. And I found it very interesting. I joined clubs. If there was a class or something like that, I would join it. There, some people pointed me to online uh, classes and stuff. And uh, so I've been learning Java since middle school. And in high school, we had to do a, like a final project for graduation in 12th grade. So for that, I decided to choose studying C++. So that project, we basically had the entire year to do it. So I was studying C++, and for my final, I designed a snake game. It works. I did it in C++ using the NCurses library, and I was quite happy with it. Uh, however, I... Uh, uh, sorry, I lost my thought. Yeah, I was going to major in computer science, and I applied to colleges in the United States. I applied to quite a few, and I got into UConn, Purdue, UMass, and other colleges. However, because of a price and because of me lacking essential documents, which I did not know because my parents never told me, I, even though I did accept the acceptance and I did request a gap year, I regrettably could not actually attend because of lack of money and documents. So the plan was go back to Ukraine, get the stuff of documents. If I can come back to Ukraine and somehow my family finds the money to pay for it, which would be astronomical, an astronomical amount for my family. Uh, but if they could, I would go back to Ukraine. I mean, I, mean, I would go back to U.S. to study. However, uh, they didn't. So I was beginning to plan about studying in Ukraine. However, as we all know, war started 10 days ago and uh, everybody's plans in the country have been completely ruined and most are now terrified that a rocket or a bomb may fall on their house and instantly kill them. And many are, of course, terrified of everything that's happening i'm in the capital right now and we are in a rather privileged situation here right now as this being the capital we have the most amount of defense and currently we have all of our life necessities and life support and everything so we are not in as much a crisis as people in mariupol or kherson where buildings, uh, entire city blocks are getting completely leveled by the shelling that the Russians are doing. And it is absolutely terrifying to hear from family and relatives saying that everything there is pretty much gone and that they have no power, no water, no food. It is terrifying that something like this may come for us at the capital. And every day, when we wake up, we wake up to the sound of air raid sirens and big explosions. 
on the edges of a city, and at night our sky has turned red from all the fires that have been caused by the fighting, and it is absolutely terrifying, and we would love for the war to end as soon as possible, and for something to return to some kind of normalcy, because currently we do not have any kind of normalcy right now. We are completely in a military situation where, well, we don't really have much to plan for. All we can plan for is surviving for the next day and hoping that we wake up and nothing changes for the worst. How do you cope with it? How do you cope with the aspects that are really terrifying? Well, we've been mainly coping by looking at all of the positives that come from this situation, meaning, well, the fact that the entire world is currently focused on us, giving us support in, uh, well, for example, with weapons and money and humanitarian aid. That is already giving a... Uh, quite a large amount of hope to us people in Ukraine that the world has not forgotten about us and that it actually cares about us because back in 2014 when Russia took Crimea we felt abandoned so now that the, we have some kind of support is just plain amazing however it at some moments it does get very difficult to cope for me for the first four days of the war i was so stressed out and so terrified that our lives are over that i even got a fever i spent those four days in bed and i could not eat a thing because with nerves being what they are just my stomach was so upset i i things could only come out of it i could not eat and I could barely sleep. However, I have calmed down. I have went to a different building with a different family where they are a bit more calm and they're positive and they have all the and they have connections, meaning they know a lot of people, so they have the cream of the news, I guess. And that really helps with coping, knowing that there are people who care for you and that we have stocked up on food and water and everything else that at least you know that we are at least good for a few weeks and well i've just been trying my best not to think about what might be in a few days or in a week or in a month because currently the situation changes so much it is just impossible to predict what even might be and, uh, yeah, I've been talking mainly with family a lot, always checking in with them, seeing if they're okay. I've been talking with people, uh, my friends from the U.S., people on various Discord servers where I'm usually the most active. I'm just finding ways to cope that way. I've also been trying to uh, play some video games again, but because of it stress it is a little hard to focus on playing video games sadly uh but otherwise it's uh just trying to live at least a little bit of a normal life is 
helping more or less with coping when things get too stressful and not, you can't recognize any kind of normalcy that's when when it gets much harder to cope yeah and when it comes to normalcy i guess i what kind of want to expand on what your life was like before this for example um what video games did you like to play in your free time before the war began like what would well, be yeah go ahead well i don't know how to say normalcy i would probably say that back when i lived in the united states i probably lived a relatively average connecticut suburb life uh just worrying about school about stu about studies about family of course i did have a lot of family trouble so i had to babysit my brothers very often and when i was and when i moved to ukraine while waiting for my documents i just kept doing the same thing i helped out at home i uh, tried continuing programming for fun although i got burnt out from that I would play games like Star Sector and uh, Civilization uh, Five. I also play the Phoenix Wright trilogy. I I like Phoenix Wright a lot. I watched YouTube. I let's see. I mainly watch just science YouTubers and those kinds of. YouTubers don't I don't really watch any gaming channels. I also like listening to podcasts like uh, the escapists something else. And uh, yeah, I just would spend my days just playing games, reading, uh, helping out with the family and going out into the city exploring it and trying to find new experiences and maybe even friends, because once I moved here, I didn't really have anybody help to be friends with. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in, in the new building that you're in right now, how close would do you think the nearest troops, like the nearest Russian troops are to your location? Well, that is a little hard to say since, uh, because the situation in uh, Ukraine, especially in the capital, is constantly changing. And uh, besides it always changing, just because there's a lot of active fighting going on around the city, in the suburban areas and in the uh, forested areas and in the cities around the city, we don't really get too many news because first so nobody panics and second in order to not muddy the waters i suppose because we don't want to expose intel on the news or anything like that but as far as i'm aware the nearest fighting is going on between five and ten miles away from where i am so not very far and that is also a little bit terrifying because you know it is you can drive your car that far away without a problem <laughs> you can walk that far 
So yeah, it is. It it is a tough situation, and I would not wish for anybody to be in something like this. Not in Europe. Not in the Middle East. Not anywhere in the world. Yeah, you've mentioned a lot of things that are terrifying to you, but if you don't mind me asking, is there something that you would consider to be like your biggest fear right now? My biggest fear. Oh, I'm not. I'm not even sure what to put as my biggest fear right now. My biggest fear, I guess, would、uh, be losing the things I usually take for granted, like food, water, wa- water especially, and power. Power is very important for pretty much every aspect of our lives. All of our communications rely on power on the internet. We cook on electricity. We heat our homes. We power lighting, lighting our computers, our phones. Without power, there's almost nothing we can really do. And I guess losing power is one of the most terrifying things that could happen to us during a wartime. Yeah, that sounds really terrifying.、Um, how do you how do you feel about the fact that in this situation,、um, the Russians are the enemy? Does that like does that make sense to you, or does it feel weird?、Uh, I guess it's a bit of both because, well, traditionally in Ukrainian history, Russians have commonly been the enemy of Ukrainians with. Well, colonization and warfare, and well, many war crimes committed back during the Soviet era,、uh, and obviously, people tried to be friends with Russians after the Soviet Union fell apart and the new country of Ukraine was formed, but. It very quickly became apparent that Russia, especially its government with Putin at its helm, is not going to play nice, and that they are going to do everything in order to try to control Ukraine for its own profit. But I really don't know what else I can say about it. it's just. Most of us have seen Russians as enemies for a very long time, so it is not surprising that they are our enemies. What is, however, surprising is the fact that they're this brutal. We never expected Russians to be this brutal to in war. We never expected them to commit these kinds of war crimes of destroying entire city blocks. Of killing thousands of innocent people, we've never expected this. At least we hoped they would never do something like that. However, it seems that we gave them too much credit for for their humanity, I guess, and for their capacity to be good. Because, well. Yeah, it's it's horrifying everything that they are doing right now. 
it's horrifying that our lives are, well, in jeopardy right now. And that the very cities that, that the largest cities we have in Ukraine are being leveled in some cases like Kherson, which is now lots of its parts have been reduced to rubble which is horrifying because Kherson, Kherson is one of the largest cities in Ukraine following uh, the capital so yeah we we're, I really don't know what one can even say when they are actively destroying life support systems well logistic systems such as water supplies power plants gas lines etc it's it's very hard to comprehend and what's even harder to comprehend is that a lot of places that they have hit in the capital itself i have walked on just a day before the war began i have walked at a, near the uh uh tv tower where they sent the missile i have walked by the uh children's cancer hospital ahmadit which uh they also sent a missile to 50 children were hurt in that accident it it is horrifying because we have obviously you have seen war on our lands when russia annexed crimea and uh, Donbass, but we never expected this kind of fight to come to any of our other cities ever because we thought that if we did not do anything, if we did not, if we did not try to uh, taunt Russia, that they would just leave us alone. However, it seems that they anything that Ukraine did in order to help itself and well practice its sovereignty they uh, they did not like that and they uh, well responded with war yeah um, and you mentioned that you never expected the Russians to be so brutal so like Let's go back to say like a month ago or even two months ago. How did you think that this was going to end? How did you hope that this was going to end? How did I hope what was going to end? Like the the presence of Russian troops on the Russia-Ukraine border. Well, we are used to Russia constantly trying to sow panic and trying to make everybody's scared so that it gets its way such as going to the border and putting troops or annexing Crimea or just trying anything to create some kind of panic in order to get its way so we were kind of used to it Obviously, some people kept saying Russia will invade, Russia will invade. However, nobody in Ukraine, well, most people in Ukraine and most people in Europe and most people in the U.S. obviously thought that wars don't happen in Europe. 
wars don't happen in the United States and around it. Wars happening in the Middle East because it's an unstable region. How how could Putin bring war to Europe? Obviously, everybody is going to get mad at him. But he did invade. He did not care that the world would obviously denounce him and that the world would most obviously try to protect itself against him. Uh, people here in Ukraine very much hoped that we could also receive some kind of military help. However, we quickly discovered that, well, that is not something that we can receive because the entire world is terrified that Putin might use its Russia's nuclear weapons and because nobody wants to be the country that starts World War III and maybe even nuclear war, they would most rather stay out of it and help Ukraine with, well, with uh, aid, whether humanitarian or military, because that way Russia cannot sanely claim that other countries are hurting it militarily and that they will respond with nuclear weapons so because of that we are on our own pretty much even if we are helped by the US and other countries sending us weapons we are just on our own there is no other way to say it we have to protect ourselves and that is also another terrifying thing because we now know what Russia is capable of, of the horrors it will do without even any kind of thinking about it. That just, we want this war to end. We want peace again. We want to resume our normal lives, dream again, and not have to worry about war and death and that all of our lives might end very soon. It's not something that most people especially in Ukraine want to worry about. So what do you what do you think is the best case scenario that you could foresee happening in the near future? Well, the best case scenario that I can foresee is probably uh Right now, it's even very hard to imagine a best-case scenario with how grim and dark everything that is happening right now. From what I can think, the best-case scenario would be that at the negotiation table, Putin agrees that, okay, we will withdraw our troops and we will declare peace and we won't invade anymore as long as Ukraine remains neutral towards ourselves and we will have to keep Crimea and the Donbass but Ukraine can keep its all other lands and just basically returning to the status quo before the war. Okay um, so for my last question is there anything else that you would like to tell to the people that are listening to this episode? Well I would most certainly like to tell the people that this is not an isolated case. Russia invading Ukraine is not the end, 
as some people would think that, oh, once the war in Ukraine ends, they're probably going to stop. No, they won't. If, if they consider Ukraine any kind of success, they will most obviously try to march for other non-EU and non-NATO countries in Europe. And besides that, Russia invading Ukraine and not getting any kind of military backlash due to it owning nuclear weapons is a very bad precedent because there are many countries in the world that own nuclear weapons. Russia attacking the largest country in Europe and not getting war declared by the EU is a clear sign that nuclear powers can get away with openly waging war as long as they have nuclear weapons to back them up. So the best lesson we could probably learn from this is that we should prevent countries like Russia, China, even the United States from being able to openly wage war without any kind of consequences. I know that Russia is getting bombarded with sanctions and we are happy that it is slowing down the war machine, even if by a tiny bit. Any help is good help. However, we need to make an example of this that countries can no longer invade their neighbors and get away with it. Russia should be punished to such an extent as to discourage any other country from even thinking about invading any neighbor, no matter how small or large or well-equipped or how closely it is tied to the United States it may be. Yeah. So uh, just to be clear, you're not, um, you're not supporting open warfare with Russia. You're just suggesting that like there needs to be a system put in place such that this doesn't happen again. Yes. Okay. Danilo Ripchinski, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come onto this episode. And thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like the episode, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, goodbye.